Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you're indeed Locked On Magic. Today is June 14th, 2017. My name is Phil Prostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com coming to you for this episode of Locked On Magic. We're going to turn our attention back to the draft. I'll preview three of the top prospects in this draft, guys, that I think that if the if I mean if they're available when the Magic pick will certainly be under consideration when the Magic pick at six. One of them's probably not going to be there, but I um, I'll profile him anyway because he's my favorite prospect in the draft. So we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, that and get some draft stuff out of the way. It's been kind of quiet in Magic Central. I'll talk about some of the front office moves on tomorrow's episode. I'm going to save that for then. Uh, but it's been a busy it, it's been busy for the Magic. Surely they're definitely working people out. They're just not making it very public. So don't take, as I always say, don't take quiet for inactivity. Magic are still doing things. They're still preparing. They're still getting where they need to be for the NBA draft, which is now one week away. You can check out my Orlando Magic Daily big board, my big board for the Magic, uh, on orlandomagicdaily.com. I'm not going to go into it in extreme detail on the podcast, so be sure to check that out at orlandomagicdaily.com as well as on Facebook at Orlando Magic Daily. Um, I'll also let everyone know to to subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast for the rest of the week, and certainly listen for the rest of the week as we do our Locked On NBA mock draft. All the Locked On podcasts have gotten together to do their mock draft of this year's NBA draft, and we're going to be doing a lot of stuff with it. Um, there's the podcast coming out. I've picked for I've picked for the Magic at six and twenty-five. So you'll see my picks based on how the draft, our mock draft, has gone. Um, you'll be able to hear the reasonings from other other teams, their needs, get a, maybe a little bit of insight for your own mock draft if you're trying to figure out what the Magic are going to do. And then on top of all that, we'll be doing daily AMAs on the NBA Reddit page. So go to the NBA Reddit page. I'm not sure exactly what the URL is, but go to reddit.com, search for NBA. At around 2 p.m. Eastern time, we'll be doing an AMA uh, every day for this week. I'll be doing tomorrow. I'll be participating in tomorrow's AMA since we'll be talking about the Magic's pick at 6. So be sure to check that out as well. So lots going on as we get set for the NBA draft. Uh, and, of course, this is a good time to remind you that today's podcast is sponsored by SeatGeek. Buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time. It's always been hard to find the best deal for the game or show you want to go to, and none of those older ticket sites want to change that. But SeatGeek is different. They've come along and created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. Orlando City, I believe, has a home game this weekend. Another busy, busy weekend for Orlando City. If you want to get to that game or any Orlando City game, since they're pretty much all sold out, SeatGeek is your best place to go. You can't get Orlando Magic Draft Party tickets at SeatGeek. You can only get those at OrlandoMagic.com. But if they were selling them, you could probably find it at SeatGeek, I bet. 
It's always first place I go to look for tickets to a game or concert. And everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for sports and music fans. SeatGeek does all the price comparison for you by searching multiple ticket sites and ensuring that you get the best possible deal. SeatGeek does all the work and you save time and most importantly, money. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate, here's what you have to do. Download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Enter promo code LOMAGIC, that's L-O-M-A-G-I-C, just like the team. And SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOMAGIC today. Like I said, today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some some big-time draft prospects. Begin catching up a little bit on our draft prep as we get ready for uh, the NBA draft. We're now eight days away from the NBA draft. The NBA draft is next Thursday. And of course, I'll be at the Amway Center for draft night. Hear from Jeff Weltman, hear from uh, hear from all the Magic bigwigs as they make their first big decision of the new uh, executive group um, next Thursday. But there are three players that I want to talk about today. One of them is probably not going to be there, and I'll, I'll talk about him briefly. He's one of my favorite prospects. There's some talk um, earlier in the draft process that he might slip. It's now looking like the opposite's going to happen, and he might go higher than a lot of people expected. Uh, and that's uh, Kansas Jayhawks forward Josh Jackson. I am a huge, huge Josh Jackson fan. He is one of my favorite prospects in this draft, and it's looking more and more like he's going to go, if not in the top three or four, he might go in the top two. There's a lot of rumors going around that the Lakers like Josh Jackson a lot more than Lonzo Ball, uh, and that certainly would throw a wrench in the draft. I, I think there's some misdirection going on. I think that... Uh, that someone's playing someone to try and get Jackson a little bit higher than he is. So, uh, no matter the case, uh, you know I think there's I think there's a little something going on there. But Josh Jackson checks a lot of boxes that you like out of a a wing player specifically. He he has fantastic length. I think that's the first place to start with him. Um, he's got incredible length and athleticism. He is uh, a strong defender already. He's already um, a gifted def- gifted defender. He's already a guy who uh, can take guys off the dribble a little bit and, and score at the basket. He's got some good athleticism to finish at the rim. And not only just that, he just has this, this, this second sense about the game. He is a smart, smart, smart basketball player. That's, 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 that's the, that, to me, that's the number one trait about him. He knows how to play without the ball, which is not something that's usual for such a young player. Um, he can cut really well off the ball. Um, he can attack the glass. He's a good rebounder for a guy who's 6'8", 207, 7.4 rebounds per game. I don't think there's anything to sneeze at. Um, he's really, really efficient, but I think a lot of that goes into some of his weaknesses. He averaged 16.3 points per game, which is a pretty solid number. Shot 51.3% from the floor, which is, again, a very solid number. And he looks good scoring. Like, again, he can get to the basket. He knows how to work off the ball. Um, but where he really struggles is with his jumper. He shot only 37.8% from beyond the arc last year and really got hot as the year went on. He had a really strong end to the season. And so, 
you know, it's not that Josh Jackson's bad. I would definitely take him. He's number three on my big board. My Personally, my favorite prospect in this draft. I, I really like his game. But if I'm the Magic, I think, is he the right fit? Is he the right guy for this team with the other pieces they have because of his poor three-point shooting? At Kansas, he played largely at the four. He was largely inside the three-point line. He didn't work from the perimeter. He's very kind of similar to Aaron Gordon in that way. And the suggestion from Jackson's stats is that he's going to struggle to translate to the three-point line in the NBA. He shot only 56.6% from the foul line. And, And why that's important is because mostly free throw shooting is seen as the greatest indicator of of a player's ability to improve a jump shot. Because essentially that's that tells you whether their shooting form is broken or not or, or has some struggles. And it's not to say that he can't get better. I mean, Aaron Gordon was a terrible, three, uh, terrible free throw shooter at the college level, and he's worked really hard to get himself into the 70s. He is a, he is a reliable free throw shooter now. Granted, that has not translated into three-point shooting yet. Uh, so there, there certainly is a suggestion that Jackson probably is not going to be a knockdown three-point shooter at the NBA level. And so when I look at this Magic roster, I, I don't see him as a, as a perfect fit. Now, from a talent perspective, he is as talented as anyone in this draft. He is a ridiculously talented player. Uh, and again, I'll repeat this again and again and again and again. He is my favorite prospect to watch in this draft. I absolutely loved watching him play. So if he does fall to six, the Magic would be hard-pressed to pass on him, to be frank. He is that good of a player that that it would be very difficult to pass on him just, just from a talent perspective alone. And I don't think the Magic should pass on him if he gets that far because he is that good of a player. But there's going to be parts of his game that are going to take a lot of time. He's going to be very good. He should be a pretty good player. Should be a very good defender. But... The offensive side is going to take some time. And so if you're looking, if the Magic are looking to find a star, that may not be Josh Jackson for them. That that may he may not be the right fit for their group to develop into that player. Napa know how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99 cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17 And so that'll bring me to the next two players that I want to examine on today's episode. Players who I do think fit the magic just a little bit better. And I'm going to start with um, the guy that I think is possibly the best shooter in this draft. I believe I talked a little bit bit about Laurie Markkinen last week, and I noted that, that some people consider him to be the best shooter. I think it's Malik Monk. I think Malik Monk is the best shooter in this draft. Averaged 19.8 points per game last year at Kentucky. Shot 39.7% from beyond the arc. 54.3% effective field goal percentage. Took 6.9, nice, three-point attempts per game. Um, Was just an absolute knockdown shooter. We all know what he did against North Carolina. 47 points. If you're a Florida Gators fan like me, you saw what he did to the Florida Gators in the second half of their game in Lexington. 
he dominated that half. I, I remember there was actually a Magic game that day. And I remember watching the first half to watch Monk specifically and thinking, oh, he's really struggling. He's he's not getting his shot off. He's not getting his shots. And, and I'll get to a little bit of that in a moment. But I, by the time I got to the arena, maybe 15, 20 minutes later, he had scored 13, 14, 15, 16 points, and Kentucky had won the game. He can get hot in a hurry, and he can make shots very, very quickly. And that makes him absolutely dangerous, and that gives him an NBA skill. He has an, a ready-made NBA skill that he's going to be able to step into the league and contribute immediately. And that's something teams are looking for, obviously. That makes him really, really valuable. Monk, again, just he can shoot the ball. The weaknesses with him are the other parts of his game because he has the athleticism to be more than just a shooter. And the knock on him at Kentucky was he sometimes settled for his three-point shot. He sometimes settled for the perimeter and didn't look to attack. There's there's a comparison going around that I think is pretty apt that he's kind of young J.R. Smith. Everyone knows J.R. Smith now who's just a chucker and, and, and in a good way. I mean that endearingly. And Malik Monk certainly has that quality to him. But young J.R. Smith was in the dunk contest. Young J.R. Smith could take guys off the dribble, but he defaulted to his three-pointer. And that's kind of the player Monk is right now. He can get to the basket. He can, he can dunk. He can score at the rim. But he prefers to stay on the perimeter, and, and that raises some questions to me. The next question about Monk is his size. He's six foot three, doesn't have great length, so he's he doesn't project as a strong defender. And as a shooting guard, it's gonna be tough to see him playing defense against some of the bigger shooting guards in the in the league. He doesn't have great point guard skills. He averaged um 2.9 assists per game. So, you know, there are some people who think, oh, maybe you could convert him into a point guard. I don't really see that, especially because he's not a creator. He's not a driver driver of the ball. He is a spot-up shooter. He's a shooter. And I think if you turn him into a point guard, you're taking away some of what makes him effective. He's not going to do pull-ups. He's not going to shoot off the dribble. He's not. He, that's not really his game. And so with Monk, you kind of get what's advertised. He's a shooter, a good three-point shooter. Can you run him off screens, get him in spot-up situations, and find a lot of success and stretch a defense? Absolutely. Can he become an all-star? I'm not willing to bet on that. He could. I'm not saying he doesn't have that potential. But I'm not willing to bet that he becomes an all-star or that you should invest you know, a, a major chunk of the future of your franchise. Now, for the Magic, certainly the Magic need three-point shooting. And you know they might be willing to push Evan Fournier and Terrence Ross to the three to give Monk time at the two. And, and, and of course, if they draft them, they're going to have to do that. But certainly Monk fills that that basic primary need that the Magic have in three-point shooting. He checks that box off. And that's something the Magic absolutely need. And so I think the Magic you know, certainly have to consider Monk. Have to consider him as an option with the sixth pick. But the final guy I want to profile is probably the favorite to land with the Magic at six, and, and I, I am definitely on board with this idea. I was I was really impressed with him, uh, both watching his tape 
and, and talking to him when he came in for a workout before the draft lottery. The Magic have brought him back in for a second interview. They didn't do a second workout. They brought him in for a second interview to meet the new front office. And, and it does seem like there's a lot there's a lot more boxes that click with this guy, and that is Dennis Smith Jr. of NC State. Fantastic season for Dennis Smith Jr. last year in his freshman year with the Wolfpack. 18.1 points per game, 4.6 rebounds per game, 6.2 assists per game. Shot 45.5% from the floor, 52% effective field goal percentage. Had a usage rate that was 27.2%, which means essentially uh, one in every three possessions ended with him taking a shot, turning the ball over, and getting to the foul line. That is a very, very high percentage. If you're around 30, you're in superstar territory. Dennis Smith carried a heavy load last year for the NC State Wolfpack. Obviously, they had some struggles, but he carried a heavy, heavy, heavy load, and he scored. He played efficiently and well for his team. What Dennis Smith does really well is he breaks players off the dribble. He has, you know, tremendous athleticism with the ball in his hands. I mean, that's it's one thing to be athletic without the ball. He is athletic with the ball, and he can break his defender down, get to the basket pull up for a mid-range jumper, and score kind of in between. That's a big skill that you can have. His assists his assist 6.2 per game are very, very strong for the college game. And so it, it certainly suggests that he can step up and play point guard, especially with better teammates. Because something that's both a knock on him, as well as I think something that is an excuse, if for lack of a better term, is his team last year was just terrible. There's no getting around it. NC State was bad last year. They failed to live up to expectations. But Smith did not. Smith did not fail to live up to expectations. He met expectations. And he had to probably do a lot more than than his co- than Mark Godfrey, his coach, wanted to, wanted to make him do, uh, and, and all of that. He had to carry a heavy load to give NC State a chance. And he had some crazy good scoring games. He really played at an efficient high level for a a volume score. He took 13.1 field goal attempts per game last year. Ended up taking nearly five three-point attempts per game last year, and a lot of those were probably contested as defenses surrounded him. Defenses knew he was the guy, and he still scored efficiently. I think that bodes very, very well for him at the NBA level when you know even a guy like Evan Fournier and Terrence Ross will give him space. Nikola Vucevic will give him space to operate. And I think that means he could be, honestly, I, I don't think I'm going too far out on a limb here. I think Dennis Smith could be in the running for Rookie of the Year next year, no matter where he lands. I, I am that high on the kid. Um, I think that, you know, Marco Fultz is probably going to be in Boston. He's going to have to play behind guys. He's not going to get as many minutes. I think that Lonzo Ball is going to take a little bit of adjustment. I think Dennis Smith, of all the freshmen at the top of this draft, is probably the most NBA-ready. And there's other factors to consider with him, too. He tours ACL his senior year of high school, and it's a, that's certainly a little bit of a concern. But he put a lot of those concerns to rest with the way that he played last year at NC State. He enrolled early at NC State to, to begin rehabbing with a college trainer. So he was ahead of the game there. He took the floor and looked looked healthy and good. They usually say you don't get your... Um, your your athleticism back after tearing your ACL till a year after the injury. So his sophomore years, his rookie years as an NBA player, is probably the year that he's going to really begin to look like himself. And if if you believe the reports coming out of Los Angeles, he had a 40-inch vertical 
So this kid, this kid has some major hops, major bounceability, uh, and certainly can get up and finish near the basket. There's a lot of favorable comparisons that since he can get himself into the paint. Now, Smith has a lot of work to do in some other areas. He's got to become a better three-point shooter. He's got to become a better defender. Um, he doesn't have great length at six foot three. Um, you know, doesn't have a lot of strength, but that stuff is going to come, I think. I think that stuff's that things you can develop at the NBA level. Um, his offense to me tracks really, really high. I'm really, really high on this kid. Um, I, he's go. I think he'll be available at six. I, I don't think that, you know, I, I've been very high on this draft in that I think the Magic will get a quality player at six. If the Magic gets Dennis Smith at six, which it looks like they're going to, it's a home run. I mean, I'll, uh, you know, I, 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 I am taking Dennis Smith over a lot of other players in this draft, even a guy like Jason Tatum, certainly over Jonathan Isaac, who I'm sure you all know I'm a little bit lower on than most other people. Um, he is just a really, really strong player. I'm really looking forward to seeing him at the NBA level, whether it's with the Magic or whoever else. So I'm, I'm excited. Um, you know, and, and again, all three of these players, Jackson, Monk, and, and Smith, I think they will be serviceable, fine NBA players. And, and I'm, I kind of come into the draft with lower expectations. My definition of a good draft pick is someone who is a usable NBA player. I know at six you want to get a, a star player and a strong player, but if you get a usable NBA player, you're doing a good job. All three of these players are going to be usable NBA players. I'm fairly certain of that. And so I think that the Magic are in a good good spot at six, as, as I've said numerous, numerous, numerous times. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Remember, be sure to check out the Locked on NBA podcast over the next few days as we do the Locked on NBA mock draft. The number six pick will be going in the first batch of episodes that goes up Wednesday. I'll be taking part in an AMA on Reddit, on the NBA Reddit, uh, or the NBA subreddit on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Be sure to check that out as well and participate. Send me your questions if you would like in, in that venue, in that setting. Um, hopefully we'll be doing some more fun stuff with, with Reddit as well um, in the future. I know I've, I've tried to be a little bit more involved in that community as well. Um, you can, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnMagic, as well as like us on Facebook at LockedOnMagic. You can follow me on Twitter at OmagicDaily, as well as like us on Facebook at Orlando Magic Daily. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including my big board for the NBA draft now that we are almost a week away from the NBA draft, you can check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. That's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all for listening to Locked on Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Rossman Wright. I'll see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.